Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Edge Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy, alongside Sager. You might have thought the biggest surprise today was the James Harden trade, but we are coming at you, not live, about an hour late with uh, this Dynasty Football Pod, talking about our league's recap and looking forward to next year. Sager, it's great to have you on. It's great to talk to you. Looking forward to meeting you for the first time in a couple of weeks. <laughs> As always, and yet can't, still can't believe what we're on year four or finished yeah. season four yeah. and still haven't uh, met each other. So that's great. And talk to yeah, you basically more than I talk to anybody else in my life. I thought, yeah, which is pretty odd. I thought you were going to say year four, and I still can't believe you haven't won a championship with the best team each league. But uh, but you didn't go there yet. Uh, well, you're cur- kind of cursed by Darren Waller now, so that you have to <laughs> you have to wait a few more years or for him to retire before you can uh, try and win a championship. Yeah, I'm trying to get him back. So, Blake, uh, respond to your DMs. Let's get the Walrus back on my team to break that curse. <laughs> uh, so, uh, have we, I think we have a good show for everybody tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about the 2021 season, recap that a bit, uh, talk about some of our biggest surprises uh, of the year, and then go team by team, what we like going forward about each one and what, what we don't like for some. Um, and finish on our two favorite teams in the league, Edge and Brad, how they look from a rebuild perspective and, and where they go from here. But so, Sire, why don't you start it off uh, talking about the 21 season? Obviously, you are the champion. Um, congratulations. What, uh, what were some of the highlights for you and, and some of the bigger moments for the fantasy season? Well, thank you, first of all. But it's the, I'm now two-time champion. Uh, out of four which is which feels great but honestly i am shocked i won um i thought like down the stretch i probably had the third strongest team um got the number one seed but limped into the playoffs a little bit i kind of peaked in that uh like november time frame um but who did did you think was stronger than you who in the playoffs who did you think was better? i mean alex's team was absurd Um, yeah it was absurd and if you if burrow and higgins didn't drop like 75 80 combined points on alex i would have gotten crushed in the finals so um and of course i barely even made it to the finals uh outside it was the sunday night jack zeke schultz game for me that brought me into the the finals and beat ricky so a lot a lot went my way um not not too different from uh my first championship honestly where things kind of just went my way I, i won't bring up what happened between me and you? Yeah, um, yeah the, Alvin, the the famous Alvin Kamara last play of the game. I think I think everyone's heard about that enough by now. <laughs> so it kind of felt like that it all aligned for me. But um, highlights of the season, I would say um, the Dobbins trade. Uh, so getting Dobbins before he, well, after he tore his ACL, um, or was it before? No, I think it was before he tore his ACL, and then mm-hmm. and then trading him plus like a second for cup and mm-hmm. cup just kind of saved my team. Uh, the Stafford cup stack was an absurd every week stat line. So that was definitely my biggest highlight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that, that trade just changed. I think the trajectory of your team and changed the trajectory of the league. I actually was talking to Brad time about trading miles Sanders for cup, but didn't pull the trigger. And I, and I don't think he, I think Brad probably preferred Dobbins package to Sanders anyway, but um, I wasn't, you know, dying to get Cooper Cup on my team because I thought 
he had had these peak weeks and years before, and I just didn't think his performance was sustainable over the long term. Of course, I was wrong, and uh, and uh, paid the price as he led your team to success. Um, yeah, I think one of the bigger surprises for me this year was Jalu not being as good as I think he should have been. Um, I think when you look at his wide receiver group, uh, a lot of disappointment, at least for the past season. I think he's got some young guys going forward that he can be excited about. But um, when you look at what C.D. Lamb did and when you look at D.K. Metcalf did down the stretch, pretty disappointing um, and really prevented J. Lou from seriously competing this year. Um, I think that was a, a pretty big surprise for me. And, you know, I also think so much like what's fun about fantasy, what's fun about Dynasty is like you think going in, but you have a good idea of who's going to be good, who's not going to be good. And so much of that changes. I, I, like it, the beginning of the season, I felt like my wide receiver group was going to be incredible. Guys like Calvin Ridley, Amari Cooper, Allen Robinson were the core three that I went into the season with. And all just like sucked. I mean, <laughs> all three of them were horrible. And, uh, and you know, I think putting Calvin Ridley aside because the reasons he was performing poorly, I think are different than the other two. Right. But, um, but still, you know, anything can change overnight. And, um, you know, I was at least happy to make the championship in a year when my entire wide receiver room just fell flat on his face. No, it's, it's, it's true. You got hit some bad luck with, of course, Ridley and um, what kept him out. But Cooper and Robinson looked like they were, you know, post uh, 2022, uh, 2022 uh, DeAndre Hopkins right now. It looked like they're yeah. 35 playing and that a lot of it has to do, on obviously, Robinson with some poor QB play. But for Amari Cooper, the biggest disappointment for a guy that played 15 games, didn't crack 900 yards, and was on the number one scoring offense in football. So that is a big telling sign, and it'll be interesting to see what his future looks like. And then one one other thing I wanted to add on the DK Metcalf and and, uh, C.D. Lamb front for for J. Lou. Yeah, I mean, those are two of the top young wide receivers in the game and you know when dk when you look at dk metcalf he had some poor a, a poor season he did have a lot of touchdowns which propped him up but even that he was pretty much equivalent to brandon cooks this year yeah and yeah. uh that is that is not what you what you want from your star wide receiver so no definitely a disappointing, disappointing season for uh Jay yeah Lee. especially a dk is a guy that you know a lot of analysts in the community had as like wide receiver one overall preseason maybe maybe before maybe last going back to last year right Justin Justin Jefferson I think throughout the season was consensus top wide receiver maybe Jamar Chase throwing in there but um you know I I don't know where he's ranked now but it's certainly not at the top um and certainly got a lot of potential but troubling troubling advanced stats on his performance this year and will be an interesting follow whether he can bounce back next year, whether Russell Wilson's his quarterback, whether someone else is. Um, we'll see. We'll Absolutely. See. Um, any other surprises from the season that you want to get into before we go team by team? Um, nothing too too big. I mean, I thought that there was three rebuilding teams and like kind of seven teams fighting for a playoff spot. So not surprised that, uh, you know, Andrew was the one that Andrew, John, uh, we're like kind of teetering between the two, the last playoff spot. So not surprised there. Um, in terms of, I guess, the final few teams that made it, 
Uh, Ricky really pushed his chips all in and it didn't work out. And I know we're going to talk about him maybe first, but uh, his, his team is now looking at staring at, <laughs> at, at, at a tough future. Yeah. Let's, let's jump into Ricky's team. Let's start with Ricky. Uh, you know, when I take a step back and look at our league, um, his team to me is like the least fun from my perspective. Um, old running backs, um, his wide receivers are garbage, QB probably issues, and he's got Travis Kelsey at 32. And so a lot of aging pieces, it'll be interesting to see moving forward whether he does a fire sale or whether he just continues to push the chips in and see if he can make another run with these guys. Um, you know, an issue with the fire sale, though, is he doesn't have his 2023 first. That belongs to Edge as part of the Mike Evans trade he made to push the chips in this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it'll be, it will be interesting to see what the strategy is there moving forward, but a lot of holes. And I think in order to have a path to success in 2022, he needs just to stay healthy. And when you're banking on a bunch of old running backs to stay healthy, that's, that's usually not a combination for success. Yeah. I mean, the, the, I'll, I'll maybe be a little bit kinder than you are to his team. Um, he does have, when you look at it, four guys that in a re, in a redraft league would be a top 10, 12 running back. So when you have that, you always have a chance if yeah. everything goes right. If all four of those guys stay healthy, they're, they're, they have enough volume that they're going to be at worst RB2s. So at that point, you know, that's probably good enough to make the playoffs. Um, yeah. Outside of that, I mean, obviously he's got – the top tight end in terms of redraft purposes. Um, but the wide receivers are the scary part to me for not having any picks right now. Also just not having any youth at all at wide receiver uh, relying on Mike Evans without um, Brady. Allen Robinson is going to be a free agent. So maybe there's some excitement there, but he's also closer to 30 than 25. Um, and then Robert Woods coming off ACL tear. There isn't a lot to love um, on that front. Um, so if I were him, I would really look to move Kelsey. Uh, that's a guy that could fall off completely. Um, but also trying to pair some of those running backs and get, get out of those 26, 27, 28 year old running backs to maybe a, a, a high upside 24 year old that is not nearly as valuable, but, you know, at least gives him some protection, but it'll be interesting to see what he does next. Yeah. And I think one of the interesting things, too, in this league at, at this stage is, you know, the teams at the bottom control a lot of the draft capital, not just for this year, but next year. And so it's hard to match up who buyers might be for a guy like Dalvin Cook if you were interested in selling um, and you're looking to get draft picks instead of young players. Right. Um, and so that's also something to watch is um, – you know, who comes out of the gates hot next year, who um, is overconfident about their team's chances, or, you know, whether Ricky does have a chance to, you know, accidentally walk into the playoffs from my perspective. I think he is going to miss the playoffs this year. I just don't have any confidence that his running backs will be able to stay healthy long enough. And, I mean, if you look at the top running backs this year, um, I think, you know, the only running back that was drafted in the top ten that – ended up top 10 running backs ended up being a top 10 running back was Jonathan Taylor that I might be making that number up I might be wrong but I think I read that recently like 
you know, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, you like go down the list, Dalvin Cook, none of these guys finish as touching running backs. And so, you know, maybe next year will be an anomaly and the running backs will stay healthier. Maybe this year was an overly injured class of running backs, but hard to bet on health. Um, right. Though it certainly could happen. Yeah, totally agree. The only person that I can think of while you were listing out some running backs was Austin Eckler, but he was probably yeah. closer to RB 10 in that list. If, if he was a top 10 guy. Um, yeah, that's true. But that's true. yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. Like even with this, group of four top 10 running backs how many are them of them are actually going to be top 10 yep yep agreed all right let's move on next to alex's team another interesting team i think from my perspective he's done a good job of having those older high performing players whether that's uh Devontae adams austin eckler aaron Rodgers, while also you know, having some young talent on this team, particularly at the wide receiver position, when you look at Jamar Chase, Deontay Johnson's on the younger side, um, has a nice mix, though his team is, generally speaking, a little bit older. What, what do you think about Alex's squad? Um, in terms of just ri- running backs and wide receivers, it's the deepest team with the highest end talent. He's got, he's got to make decisions on starting lineups that uh, people <laughs> dream about in terms of being able to – say, hey, uh, David Montgomery or Damian Harris or Eamon Ross, Eamon Ross, St. Brown, James Robinson, you're not starting this week. That's th- Those are all starters on a lot of, a lot of teams in this league. Um, yeah. And and like you mentioned, you know, Devontae, a lot, a lot of question marks, but he was still in terms of the future with Rodgers, but he's still wide receiver too um, lot this past year by average. Um, and then, of course, the young and old mix at, at quarterback, too, with Herbert and um, Cousins and Rodgers, like, set up pretty well. Even if Rodgers were to retire, he, he, he can make a move for another quarterback if necessary. But Cousins is a fine QB, too, if necessary, too. Yeah, agreed. I think um, Alex is the deepest team. He has the high-end talent as long as you – know, even if a guy like Devontae Adams – takes a step down depending on how that situation breaks out he's still positioned well to succeed I do think his running back room is not one I'm excited about I don't really I'm not very high on David Montgomery um Aaron Jones I don't think is a valuable asset anymore Damien Harris I don't think is a valuable asset and Austin Eckler is great but he's also on the older side I think if I'm right he'll be 27 when the year starts he's 26 right now I don't know when he turns 27 but um you know again maybe it's I'm an ageist and maybe I'm just um (laughs) you know, thinking too much about injury, but, you know, I, I would wonder how many running backs at that age profile can stay healthy in back-to-back seasons. I just don't, um, it's hard to count on that. And so that's probably an area where I think Alex could improve again, deep team. We'll see what George Kittle can, can be in 2022. Another guy that has been up and down in the last year or two, he had that massive season, I think two years ago. Um, and since then, he's really been up and down, um, had some boom weeks, but for the most part, has sometimes been ignoring the offense. It'll be interesting to see with Trey Lance likely in the helm, whether that instability continues. And you'd expect it would with a rushing style quarterback in Trey Lance. Yeah, totally agree on the Kittle front. On the running backs, I, I, I agree that maybe that room is not as exciting, but with his wide receivers, he's only going to really have to start two a week. And that's yep. that's huge for him, you know, with Eckler. 
and Aaron Jones or Montgomery, you're, you're choosing matchups for health wise and Harris is a good plug in if necessary. Um, so that's the, the upside of his starting lineup, but yeah, he could use another young running back to, to get excited about. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, let's move on next to my team. Um, I can give a little high, high level summary and then hear your thoughts. You know, I, I, I'm a, I, I think like Alex, I have a nice mix of older talent, young talent, whether you look at a guy like Derrick Henry with the rest of my running backs, pretty young. Um, I think the, the, I'm hopeful that the, the differentiator for my team long-term will be the quarterback room. When you look at guys like Patrick Mahomes, now Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson would be great if he can come back and stability at that position, I think will hold me no matter what's going on elsewhere. Wide receiver room isn't the deepest. Um, tight end could be an issue. Dallas Goddard, I, I like but don't love. Um, and no first in this year's draft and no first in yes, next year's draft definitely puts me at a disadvantage. But, um, you know, stacking up 20, 23 seconds has been a goal of mine. And uh, we'll see if that strategy plays out or whether, you know, I'm crying for the next 10 years that Joe Burrow is no, no longer on my roster. <laughs> No, I mean, you, you, I think between you and Alex, you have you two have the strongest team. So, um, you know, interesting to look at you guys back to back. Obviously, with um, with Javante and Swift, and then Henry Fournette, uh, Miles Sanders, you have some good depth there, uh, better than most teams in the league. And the quarterback room is uh, arguably the strongest. So, you know, whenever you have Mahomes and and Lamar, you got got two potential top three or four quarterbacks in any given week with the upside of Watson coming back um, wide receivers, obviously not the strongest um, on your team, but you know, Tyreek T uh, no, sorry, you traded T against uh, Tyreek DJ Moore, Elijah Moore, all, all like very exciting uh, players to have and can always, you know, it, it, you can always improve, but you know, for, for the most part, you have a pretty young group there. Um, you, and you're no longer counting on Amari, which I think is huge. Yeah, agreed with that. Yeah, agree with that. I, you know, I would love to see DJ Moore and Elijah Moore take a next step, um, which is possible, I think, uh, you know, for both of those guys to be that wide receiver, back-end wide receiver one, high-end wide receiver two type that would really help my team long-term. Right. Yeah. Let's move on to your team now. Um, defend that uh, – my mom called and messed up the recording, but I, I had not heard anything you said. I don't know how long you were speaking for, but I'll just ask you the question again. And then we'll just mix it. Okay. Um, so Sager, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about your team and then I'll give you my thoughts on, on why you have no chance of repeating again this year. I won't say no chance, but I will say <laughs> that I do, I do tend to agree with you for the most part. No, uh, no. which is just, which, which is why I have been aggressively shopping a lot of my, the players that helped me win this year. Um, I, I have a few older receivers. Um, I traded Dak and CEH already, but the biggest hole is RB2. Um, you know, I have Jonathan Taylor, which is always great. He's only 23 years old, but there's a big hole there at RB2, and I don't think I have anyone that I can rely on that will even be, get up to an RB2. So that's obviously not an ideal state to be in. Um Receiving receivers, I, I feel good about. Um, you know, I have four guys that I feel comfortable starting on any given week. Um, and then a tight end, I actually feel like it could be my deepest position now. Um, I can rely on Hawk, Komet, and Schultz 
um, on any given week. And it, it, it's leading me to kind of see what I can get for those, uh, a couple of those guys. Yeah. I mean, with JT and cup, uh, it's hard to predict year over year what the top you know fantasy player will be. And I, and typically isn't the same person each year, but no reason to think either of them are going to slow down next year. Um, I think JT, honestly, looking at his numbers, has room to grow, um, room to be a more dominant player. Uh, if Carson Wentz can fix the offense, don't hold my breath, but if he can <laughs> fix the offense, um, you could envision a world where he gets more touchdowns, gets more yards, things open up a little bit more for him. Cooper Cup, um, you know, he had a lot of touchdowns, and I saw a stat today that, like, if Cooper Cup scored zero touchdowns this year, he still would have been wide wide receiver one or something along those lines. So, like, you know, he has plenty of room for negative regression um, and still being a dominant dominant player next year. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think your team is set up really well. Um, you still, have, unlike a lot of quote unquote contenders, you still have your first round pick this year. Um, still have your first next year, and gives you a lot of flexibility to make moves when Ricky decides to tank and Dalvin Cook becomes available. Um, you know, there's, 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 you have a little bit more flexibility than, than me or Alex to, to make some moves and go get a guy given you saw your first, which I think is just a, a nice, nice thing to have. Yeah. And, and definitely will be active as, as usual. Um, but to see if I can shop maybe those, uh, those Keenan Allen, Pittman that that range of wide receiver to see if I can get a high upside running back, but we will see if that's possible. Yeah. Let's move on to J Lou now. So I, I hinted a little bit about his team being a bit of a disappointment, not necessarily reaching a ceiling. Um, what do you think about J Lou's team moving forward? Uh, we're starting to get, I think out of the, the four teams that have in, in many ways dominated the league in the, in the first four years, with only one of those four not winning a championship, unfortunately. But but what do you think about J. Lou's team? And it, is it one you're excited about? Is it one that you're not excited about? Where Where's your head at? I mean, his top three receivers will always keep the team exciting. Um, at any given time, those three will be have a good shot of being a top – the overall wide receiver one um, every, every given year for the next couple of years. Um, obviously we talked a little bit about the disappointment of Metcalf and, and Lamb this season and not taking that step forward to being a top top five wide receiver. Um, but for J. Lou, he doesn't even need that. Um, he just needs them to be wide receiver ones or back, or high, high end wide receiver twos for him to be competitive. Um, the trade for Mark Andrews was huge. Um, I know it became a little bit more expensive than he wanted to, and Higgins has definitely gained a lot of value since then. But Mark Andrews is one of the top tight ends in, in, in terms of fantasy in the league. So he seems set at wide receiver and tight end, and he's got Najee as his top running back. That's all great. But the biggest question has always been for him, QB2 and RB2. And he's got really not much to work with there. Uh, Kareem Hunt's aging, and the trade for Russ was great in the sense that it didn't work out well, but he, you know, he has a solid uh, QB one, but between Carr, Darnold, Teddy, Jameis, there's a little bit of, um, you know, risk that none of them be that strong QB two that he needs to succeed. Yeah. I'm definitely concerned about his QBs. Again, I, I think 
in many ways, QB two is not his problem. QB one is his problem because Russell Wilson is, I like Russell Wilson a lot, but is when you, when you compare Russell Wilson to the top quarterbacks and other teams, whether that's a Mahomes, a Kyler, a Herbert, um, he's not in that category. He's just not. Um, And so, you know, if that's who you're matching up against, you just is he's not elite enough to be your QB one, no matter what your QB two is in my in my opinion. Um, so I think that's a problem that that needs to be addressing, needs some addressing. And running back room is one that I'm also really low on. I do not like Najee Harris. Um, for me, it would be a sell. Um, I don't own Najee anywhere. I don't think I ever will. I just he had a great season statistically, but. Um, advanced stats, horrible. Um, it'll be interesting to see what quarterback they bring in and whether he feeds into Najee's strengths the way Big Ben did. I think they probably will. I think Jimmy G is a strong candidate to end up in Pittsburgh and think that would work well for Najee. But with that said, um, even if you accept Najee being a stud for the foreseeable future, like there's not many other people, there are many other guys in that running back room that you can count on, whether that's Henderson, done. I mean, maybe he can be a flex play in the future. I highly doubt it. Kareem Hunt, who knows what, what Kareem Hunt will be in the future. Um, Stevenson, the Patriots, maybe he turns into something. But, you know, you're talking about having to start one of those guys each and every week. And without the first this year, without, um, you know, the, the movable assets you might need to get a running back, it'll be interesting to see what he does. I think you definitely could see you know, another guy, J. Lou, being another person who goes after whenever he's running backs this season to, um, just you know, to see if he can improve his team. The question is what he would give up, and I don't know. It, it's hard to it's hard to see exactly what that is. Yeah, I mean, it it'd be tough to stomach trading a guy like Jefferson Lamb or Metcalf, but it might be his best path towards fixing some of his other holes. Yeah. Um, and you know, he does. And we didn't met, mention Pat uh, Farmuth, but that's another really strong tight end um, who could potentially be getting a, a quarter, another quarterback, a different quarterback. So, you know, it, it, it's an interesting pivotal year for him because it's always been upside, upside, upside for his team. And he kind of needs to put it all together and uh, contend this year. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. I think there's a chance he misses the playoffs. Um because I'm higher on some of the teams we're about to talk about, but um, still should be a team that's in the mix contending all season. And um, I think if Najee continues to be strong, he'll, he'll, he'll be right in the mix to make playoffs. Let's, uh, let's move on to Blake's team now. Um, his, his team has seen a little bit of change since the season ended, uh, moving Kyler for Dak and some depth pieces, a move I think that he kind of needed to do without – having his first this year and next year. Um, and so, you know, talk to me a little bit about your thoughts on Blake's team. Obviously has some really elite talent. Um, is it is it good enough to contend? Is he good enough to win? I think so, because I do think that Kyler for Dak plus trade gave him the necessary depth to at least withstand some injuries, which he had a lot of this past season. Obviously, McCaffrey going down is, is a huge hit. Um but, you know, now he can start McCaffrey, Jacobs. There's some CEH 
and um, Melvin Gordon, Devin Singletary. Those are depth pieces that not a lot of uh, contenders have in terms of running back. Their wide receivers are interesting. They're old, pretty old. The, the Tony pickup in the, in the DAC trade with me was big uh, because it does give him a young receiver to work with. But Tony is a complete question mark, whether he can get on the field, stay on the field, and produce with a pretty lackluster offense, that's a question mark. But I, I, I will be curious to see is if he stumbles out the gate, if CMC is a guy that he tries to move. Um, because I, I, I thought he was going to do it last year to just try and get younger and, and deeper instead of being so top-heavy. Uh, but it could happen again this year um, before it's a little too late for him. Yep, I think that's right. And definitely a candidate for a big bounce back year. But um, if CMC has a big injury again this year, I think people will start uh, talking about a cliff falling off, which would be unfortunate. He's only 25, Mm -hmm. um, should have a lot of football ahead of him. And I think he does. Um, But a guy that is being drafted in startups right now, right around the third, fourth round. So we're talking about someone who's seeing his value dip. I think it's a little bit of an overstatement. I still think when CMC is on the field, he is an elite asset in ways that not many players are, but um, will be an interesting player to watch for sure down the stretch. Yeah. And he could age well too, just as a pass catching back, he could catch a hundred balls without even playing 80% of the snaps. Um, one thing that we didn't talk about is Blake sticking with his uh, two quarterback approach. I mean, he has Taylor Heineke, but really has two elite quarterbacks still. And, that's it. And if one of those goes down, there's a lot of trouble. Um, so that is something that if you do end up dealing McCaffrey, you try to get at least a throw in guy that you could plug in, whether it's a Baker or, you know, car or anything like that. Someone that you can at least put on the, put in your lineup if someone goes down. Yep. I think that's right. Let's, uh, let's move to the guy who just made a big trade for Joe Burrow, Roshan. How how is his team looking? He has not really contended since I don't think he's made, has he made the playoffs since we've had our league. I think maybe he made the playoffs once. But regardless, a lot of young talent, and I think someone that might leapfrog a couple of the teams we've talked about already into the playoffs this year, just based on his talent and and the possibilities he has on that roster. Yeah, I mean, the, obviously the Burrow trade big, but it, it kind of is pretty. I mean, I know we didn't go too in depth to it, but you know, QB for QB wide receiver for another QB wide receiver, um, and kind of pick your poison in the sense that like they are pretty similarly ranked um, assets. Um, of course, I always love stacks, so I, I, I like the move for him, um, even though it costs him a second. But it, it it makes a lot of sense in terms of his team, though. Um, two strong quarterbacks. I mean, he's got Burrow and Trevor and Jimmy G, who who, who did play into uh, another starting role. So he, he should be fine at quarterback long-term now. Running backs, Barkley, who knows what to think of him. And Gibson is, is good. He definitely needs a third guy. There's no, this is another team similar to Blake's that has struggled a lot with depth, um, wide receiver room especially. So a lot, to, a lot to work with, but a lot to work on too, though he does have two firsts, which is, which is huge. Yep. Two firsts, I think. Um, you and know, the second. And the second. It, it remains to be seen how strong this draft is. It certainly is not strong, at least on paper, at the quarterback position and the running back position. Um, 
who we'll see who's available to him when he picks at 103 i believe is is his pick this year um yep. and and um what what asset he can add there i think you know solid wide receivers couple of good running backs i think you could see a path to playoffs this year especially if he decides to push his chips in and start buying some older assets but um be an interesting team to watch moving forward yep definitely can climb into that that fifth or sixth seed yep let's move next to a team that um i think i think for me second to ricky has some of the biggest long-term issues moving forward and that's andrew's team um you know, what do you think about Andrew's team? What do you like? What do you think some of the problems are? I mean, losing Brady is huge. Um, I, I maybe a hot take, but almost prefer Andrew's situation to Ricky's because of one big thing: draft picks. He's yeah. got he's got two firsts this year. He's got another first next year. He's he has some assets to work with that are young, um, unlike Ricky. So he's got Zach Wilson, he's got Tua, he's got Baker, and then at running back, really only one name, Michael Carter, that that at least has some value um, in terms of being under 23, 24 years old. Receivers, they, they've, they've been okay in the sense that he has guys to work with. It just doesn't fit his timeline. Uh, DeAndre yeah. Hopkins makes no sense on his roster. Um, Calvin Ridley's a fine guy to sit on. A.J. Brown's a cornerstone piece. That's great. Marquise Brown's good. Galladay should have been sold before the season last year, and I actually made a lot of offers that I'm happy Andrew rejected. <laughs> <laughs> Likewise. I think I've been trying to get Kenny G for, like, the entirety of the league. I, I may have actually started no, – I, I didn't start with Kenny G. I started with uh, the Lions running back, whose name now is slipping my mind. But regardless um, – Carry on. Pour- yeah, carry on. Thank you. He, he has slipped off. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, not that like tight end is the most pressing need, but I think Noah Fant might be the worst starting tight end in the league. I think, you know, there, maybe you can look at Hunter Henry being a worse starting tight end or Gronk. Um, but you know, certainly towards the bottom half and not a guy that I'm excited about absent and Aaron Rodgers heading to town, but, um, but yeah, definitely a lot of issues there. Absolutely. Um, a lot to do like, that he could do. I think he's yep. a guy, if he started shopping some guys, that could revamp this team pretty well because he has some receivers that would interest contenders, even for lotto pick young wide receiver tight ends. That, that might be the play for him. Yep, agreed. Agreed. Let's move on now to our two rebuilding teams, the, the process teams, if you will. Um, we saw how well that worked out for the 76ers getting James Harden today. We'll see how well it works out for Edge and Brad. Um, let's start with Edge. What um, do you like about his team? There's a lot to like from my perspective. Um, what do you like? I mean, for a team that has basically – obviously he's gone from rebuilding to contending like every other year. Um, his, <laughs> his, his running back room is actually pretty good. Um, or something to like, like going into the season. He's got uh, ETN, Mitchell, Cam Akers, AJ Dillon. Those are all four starting caliber caliber running backs that some contenders, including myself, are jealous of. So that's that's pretty good. But for a guy that has been obsessed with his wide receivers, it's the worst wide receiver group 
maybe outside of Ricky or comparable to that. That that is something that he needs to fix quickly. Uh, luckily, he has a lot of picks. Um, quarterbacks, they're they're good. I mean, Trey Lance is always a great guy to have right now. Um, and between Goff and Love and uh, Daniel Jones, should be perfectly fine to to find a QB two from that. Um, but the biggest thing for him is 2023 first um, in yep. what is looking to be one of the best drafts in a while that is going to transform his team completely. But of course that means he's not going to be good for another year, two, three. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think the interesting thing about edges team for me is the his position of strength is pretty dissimilar from pretty much everyone else in the league. Um, at least the ones that are rebuilding and looking to get assets and his position of strength is running back. And so having the one-on-one, we'll see where running backs go. We'll see where quarterbacks go, but he has the flexibility if there is a quarterback drafted high um, or if there's a wide receiver drafted high that goes into a good spot to take guys there. And with his picks at 109, I think 201 and 202, he has two chance to really fill out his roster in ways that he needs and have four 2023 first. I mean, if I was edge, I would just act like I didn't have those 2023 first, put them in a box and wake up in a year and see how they pan out, um, those picks will trans, you know, totally change his team. Um, and the only way I think he can really mess it up is by trying to speed up his process, thinking he can contend when, you know, he's better off just keeping those picks and drafting guys that end up there. Yeah, to- totally agree. And, and And the reason why we wanted to talk Brad versus Edge in terms of rebuild is – they're kind of just a year apart from each other. Brad yeah. sold off everything and just trapped at wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, and collected young wide receivers. Edge needs to do that, and he's perfectly positioned to do that with those three picks, 109, 201, 202, to completely rebuild his wide receiver room. And then in 2023, take guys that make his roster almost, you know, the top, the top young um, – the top young team in the league. Um, so he has it, he has it already on here. If there's one recommendation, it would be to sell some of these younger running backs that are not necessarily proven to be uh, RB one types like the Mitchell or Cam Akers. If he doesn't think that they're going to be RB ones, he'd be you know pretty sure to move those to the, to, to some to some teams that are trying to contend and just keep getting younger wide receivers or some picks to work with. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Good point. Let, let's move over to Brad too. Um, another team that's just really exciting. Um, you know the the things I like about Brad's team. Uh, really, it, it's about wide receivers and tight end. Um, you know, if you flash back to last year, that the Brad's you know wide receiver room was nothing really to get too excited about. Now you're talking about a guy in Debo Samuel is probably a top 10 dynasty wide receiver. Jalen Waddle is probably a top 10 dynasty wide receiver. And other guys like Ayuk or Bateman, Judy, that have the potential to take the leap into that maybe wide receiver two range. Um, and then obviously Kyle Pitts, the, in my opinion, dynasty tight end one, not really close. Um not having to think about tight end potentially for the next decade or however long Kyle Pitts can dominate is is something that no one else really in the league can say. Um, 
So love love those positions. Obviously has some holes to fill at running back and quarterback, but also not a guy that is in a ru- should be in a rush to rebuild. With that said, has picks 102, 105, 106. Um, and you know can figure out what what he needs to draft and fill his roster within those spots. Yeah, I uh, totally agree. I mean, one of the best fun teams, the most fun teams I have right now in the league, um, because he's been patient, because he's been, you know, just collecting youth and and assets like that. So we talked about Edge. I I just said a couple minutes ago that Edge should consider moving one of his young, unproven running backs for some wide receiver young wide receivers there is not a better team to go to than brad right now and hope that one of these wide receivers takes a jump up towards that high-end wide receiver two um uh tier that you were just talking about but like what would you think of this if it was eli mitchell for brandon Ayuk, you know same team but it kind of plugs both of their holes and, and obviously hurts their strengths but they're two young players to build around yeah, I think that makes a ton of sense. I like Ayuk more, but I can certainly, if you're a believer in Mitchell and you think he's going to be there long term, which there's no real reason other to not think that other than his draft capital, I think that's a good, good deal and makes a lot of sense. I, I will say too, to give Edge some credit, you know, his rebuild has been sped up or improved by some of the deals he's made this year. Whether that's you know basically swapping Fournette for Acres or Waller for a 2023 first and second or Mike Evans for a 2023 first, like all in retrospect, really good deals that he timed really well um, to put him in a position to have a really exciting young team moving forward. You can imagine if he hadn't made those moves, how gross this team would be. I mean, you're not getting a 2023 first for Mike Evans or a Waller, I don't think right now. Um, and certainly I would wish I could undo the acres for net trade The net had a, a number of strong weeks for me. And, and I mean, I think, same here on acres yeah. um, for Matt Ryan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think, you know, maybe it's a sign that we should believe science has improved in the last decade um, or, you know, last a hundred years. Um, still, hopefully K makers can continue his ascent and, and continue to be good. Well, yeah. I think that yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, yeah, last last point on Edge. I do think you're you're spot on in the sense that he's made a lot of great moves. Ken and Eli Mitchell and going all in on the waiver wire to pick him up could ha- could literally have saved him from this roster from looking a lot worse. You know, yeah. having a capable RB two like that just sitting on your roster and he's 21 years old, yeah. it, it looks really good and makes his um, RB room look a lot stronger. Yeah. He can thank me for uh, pushing him to go all in with his fab. Uh, he uh, he uh, was by far the, the biggest bit bitter in our league, but it paid off. Um, and definitely, definitely an example of using the wave of wire advantage to build out your dynasty squad. Yes. So that's that is the summary of a team by team analysis. I don't know, Sagar. Do you want to? throw some name we, we had mentioned throwing some name out of guys and trying to remember like how they ended up on whose teams do you have the time for it do you want to do it or do you want to wrap up here let's just do uh one one guy each so basically premise is quizzing each other how did this person get on this roster um what do you want to do you want to go first or you want me to go first yeah let me just let me just think of my guy really quick i have a couple but let me think of the one that i want to do I'm ready. I have I have uh, someone that's close and dear near to your heart. 
Okay, you go first. You go first. We'll All right. Thing. So tell me how Ricky got Jalen Hurts. Jalen. Oh, this is a really good one. Um, Jalen Hurts. We'll start from the beginning, I guess, and then I can try to figure it out. I love Jalen Hurts as a prospect. Was way higher on him than consensus. Despite that, drafted Jordan Love over him with my second pick um, in that rookie draft, however long that was ago. Anyway, Blake drafted Jalen Hurts. I vividly remember that. Blake traded Jalen Hurts. I don't want to skip levels, but I think he traded him to – he ended up on your – I'm messing up here. I know that Austin Eckler was involved in trading Jalen Hurts. And so Ricky had Austin Eckler. He traded Austin Eckler to you for Jalen Hurts. So that means you had to trade for Jalen Hurts from Blake. Am I right in that chain or am I missing it? You're completely spot on here. And the only question is, how did – do you remember any of the players involved in me getting Hurts from Blake? Do I remember the players involved in you getting Hurts from Blake? For some reason, A.J. Dillon's coming to my mind, but I, I, I don't know who, who was involved in that trade. I think A.J. Dillon was a throw-in. Was he? He may have been, but the main pieces were Lockett and Mike Williams. Mm, 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 that's good. This was before Hurts won the job, and then he got named the starter, and then I traded him to Ricky for Austin Eckler, which ter- ter- would have turned out great if I just kept Eckler. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Hey, I'm I'm proud of myself. That's that was a fun yeah, one. I, you're spot I have, on. <laughs> I have I have one for you. Uh, Thomas Brady. Tom Brady. Andrews roster. Oh God. Tom Brady. Why did Andrew get him in the first place? He's never condemned it. Um. Man, you may have stumped me. <laughs> I actually can't. I don't remember the entire chain, so this is going to be bad podcasting. I do remember one one part of the chain um, that I that Did, I can comment on, and I can connect the dots. I think somehow, but I but don't yeah. think I had Brady, but I feel like I've had every player in this league. Um, Ricky definitely didn't. Blake didn't. Rushan didn't. Okay. Did it did he come from Did he come from me? He did come from you. Do you remember the player that you uh acquired? And we'll see if people remember this differently, but my recollection is it came from you. Do you remember the player that you acquired for Tom Brady? Oh my God! I I, had, I don't think I have any idea. Was it like, was Chase Edmonds in that deal? Was there? I'll gi- I'll give you a hint. I think it was a quarterback. And again, I could be off base here, 
so we'll get corrected. But if I say the quarterback's name after you give you a second guess, we'll see if uh, we'll see. I if remember that it. Um, no, I, I don't think I remember. I mean, I, I feel like I would, but let l- let me guess. It was not. It wasn't Matt Ryan. Tannehill. I believe that traded Tom Brady for Daniel Jones. And oh. I could be wrong. It might be Edge I'm thinking of. I could no, be wrong. No, you're right. I traded I, Daniel Jones to Edge after. Yes. Yes. Okay, then I am right. Yes. I'm, yeah. I'm like, very confident that was the deal. And I don't, I don't remember what else was involved. There might have been a second and a third swap. Um, but, but I think that is uh, how he ended up on Andrew's roster. Yeah, definitely true. I, I also just don't know how I got Brady, though, because I definitely didn't draft him. Yeah, I'll be. Well, I'll have to go back and see who. Let's see if anyone remembers who Tom Brady started on roster. But uh, but that was a, that was a fun little exercise. That's, I uh, I enjoyed that. That's a good one. Um, I wish I just kept all my quarterbacks because I drafted, uh, Lamar, and Rogers, and I think a couple other guys. But I traded Lamar for like Jameis. <laughs> yeah, to me, I believe I'm oh, fairly God. confident. Yeah, I'm. But I'm you traded sure him for like. Somebody Hunter Henry, I think I tried oh, like Hunter Henry and maybe a first or a second or some some garbage package back right before Lamar started the next year. So, yeah, brutal, brutal. Anyway, it's been uh, it's been a blast. Uh, we'll see what the reception is to. I think this is our second podcast, or maybe this is our third. I can't remember. I think I think third. I think third. But uh, as always, uh, it's been a pleasure. Here's to uh, me fighting off my demons and getting a championship uh, in 2022.